Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And I am Charles McFall, the rock god of podcasting. And I am here to bring an awesome show to you today, as I try to do every time I sit down in front of the microphone. You know, I, I want to say something real quick before we get started, before Mike comes on and gives me my question, is first off, of course, I want to hear from you. Bearcrawling at gmail.com is how you can email me. Go to rockoutofpodcasting.com, click on the speak pipe tab, leave me a voicemail question. I'd love to hear that. I'd love to answer it for you. And then, of course, Twitter is rockoutofpod, and Facebook is the Rock Out of Podcasting. You can find me all over those places. And I want to hear from you. I want to hear what you have to say. I'm about to hit Dragon Con, and I want to ask a whole bunch of questions of people and get them to ask me questions, so on and so forth. So you'll hear what it's going to sound like more and more as strangers ask me questions. I think it's going to be an interesting show. The second thing I want to mention is the God part of Rock God of Podcasting. If you don't understand at this point what that means, I want to throw it out because I've had a few people ask me recently and it's that it's supposed to give you the image of that that icon not just somebody who's on the stage doing the music i'm talking about the icons james hetfield talking about the icons prince you know i'm talking about the people who are gods in their world right not true gods not trying to get you to worship them and not you know they never try to take over your faith of your religion or however you feel it's a statement. It's a it's an imagery, right? It's talking about the rock god, man. I bring this energy and this power, and that's all I'm going to say about that. So if you if you can't get that, then eh, you know that's okay. You'll figure it out at some point. But all that being said, Mike, <laughs> we had a question today, sir. What do you got? Charles, in this day and age, at least here in America, the whole thing with medical insurance, uh, especially now that you're required to have it and are penalized if you don't, uh, the whole thing seems like a scam. Uh, What's your attitude towards medicine and insurance? It's a scam. 100%. Hundred uh, percent. So that's that's that was actually coming. You're coming at me a little different than I thought you would, and that's interesting. So I've got a lot to say on this topic and a lot of stories to tell. First off, a little history is I was a paramedic for uh, over a decade. I think. Let me think. 1995. I came home from Bob Jones University, miserable and trying to figure out life. And while I was there, I'd been exposed to public safety. I'd done some uh, patrol work on campus as a campus patrol. I'd seen emergency medicine, and and you got to to be exposed to it some. I got uh, a first responder class, I think, while I was there and really took to it well. So I decided to come home and get a, a good job, a fun job, a job on the ambulance, and I found an EMT program. So 1995, no, 1996, I'm sorry. 95 is when I graduated high school and then went to college. 96 is when I came home. So fall of 96, I started EMT class. I guess I got my numbers. I can't remember how long the class was. I can't remember if I got them in 96 or 97. But I started in emergency medicine then. And I stopped. I let my numbers go in about 2010. 
So a little over a little over a decade, I practiced medicine and was exposed to insurance and to doctors and to all all sorts of the insides outs of the system. And there's a couple of things I want, and there's two specific topics I definitely want to touch on here: insurance, which is a scam and a half; it's it's a mess, and then doctors and doctors' offices, which is not a scam. It's just there's a lack of humanity there sometimes, and, and you'll understand what I mean by that in a minute. Where I can really dive into it, but I want to tackle insurance first. So when I first, I was raised with a poor mindset, uh, the way my dad was a preacher and a lot of smaller churches and they never had insurance. You know, I remember we were at a church for a little while that had, we were able to have insurance and I don't know what he paid for it. A lot of times we couldn't afford it. Cause that's the thing. Here's the biggest scam that you'll be told. And this is something that won't change until a system. I don't know which one, but a system collapses or the harder path is actually having a revolutionary paradigm shift because corporate America, and that's where I live is the United States. Corporate America says that, Hey, money isn't everything. Money's not, we give you benefits. No, not really. Screw, screw trying to buy my insurance. Let me pick my own insurance because your negotiations are never negotiations. You might think they are, but you don't actually go in with your employee's best interest at heart. You go in with your bottom line at heart. And I got to tell you, personally speaking, as an individual, I can go online to like eHealth Insurance or some other, I don't know if there's other competitors online. That's the only one I knew about at the time that all these stories came together for me. And I can find insurance cheaper directly out of my pocket with no beneficial package or, oh, we worked out this deal. No, I can go, I can go myself and get a much better deal. Your negotiations are shit. So corporate America has believes this lie that they have this power. Oh, we've got 2,000 employees, but I don't know what the hell you're doing because you're doing it wrong. But they make this insurance as part of your benefit package, which means they don't pay you as much. And that has always bothered me. That has always bothered me. The first time I heard it, I thought it was, oh, okay, I, I, I get that. And I, I went into a job and they were paying really low. They were paying really low. But they said, we provide your uniforms, which I was like, well, duh. You know, I, I'm thinking you, you, you require me to wear a uniform and you require me to buy it myself, then I'm not working for you. That's stupid. You have to give me the uniform you want me to wear. And, and it's, it's crazy. But anyway, going, let me finish the topic of corporate America and I'll go back to my insurance growing up poor thing. Actually, you know, I want to reverse that. I want to get back into corporate America because it, it really does bug me. And I, I want to talk through some other stuff before I get to that. So I'm not just yelling and screaming at the microphone. I want to really explain it in a way that I see it and I understand it. And I really want you to understand it. So going back to growing up, there were many times we didn't have insurance and, and I know there were sicknesses. I know there was stuff. I, I don't know how my parents handled it. I can tell you the ultimate secret to insurance, the ultimate secret to medicine, period, is pay, you can pay cash and you can pay it over the rest of your life. That's the trick. That's the dirty little secret in medicine. Yeah. What are they going to do? Now they can refuse services. There is a certain life-saving. Here's the thing. Hospitals and doctors have to save your life. That's that's the law. You cannot be turned away because you're poor. Because honestly, killing poor people is a horrible thought just because they don't have money. However, as has been brought out on TV, 
Uh, there's a, a a movie with Denzel Washington that I cannot remember, but his son needed a kidney transplant and he couldn't afford it. He lost his insurance and he ends up John Doe, John something. He ends up uh, taking the hospital hostage. And I, I, I definitely don't agree with that method. I understand the desperation is a well acted film. I think he was actually nominated for an Oscar for that film. But the idea is we have to save your life to a certain point. We don't have to prolong your life. And unfortunately, as a child and there was a problem, he, he needed some kind of transplant, a heart transplant or something. I, I don't remember. But yeah, there's certain methods that hospitals have to eat the bill to save your life. But when it comes to transplants, when it comes to higher level medicine, I mean, you're talking thousands or even millions of dollars and they're not expected to have to eat that. So the dirty little secret is if you need that life-saving stuff, they will do it for you. And later on, the bill will be hashed out. If you actually need to be taken care of, you can agree to pay the hospital or doctor. And sometimes they want it in advance, maybe, you know, depends on the situation. But typically, you can just agree to pay for it. And as long as you pay something, they will bully you. They will bully you. I'm telling my story is way out of order, but I'm just on this one now. They will say, hey, you know, you, because you know, I've had this happen. I've been on both sides of the medicine. So you know what? Let me, let me just stop here. You know the dirty little secret. Let me tell my stories in order. It'll get my thoughts straight. And I can really, really get you there. Because I, I, I have stories from when I was poor growing up and not having insurance. I, I have stories about why I believed in insurance for a while. I got stories about how I got screwed over by insurance. And then I've got stories about being bullied by hospitals that I worked for at the time. I actually was an employee of the hospital and they were trying to bully me. And I'm going to teach you how to negotiate for yourself, how to see how to handle your own life and your own money and how to know that that's okay. And it's not okay for people to bully you. And it's never okay to feel bad. Oh, I should do more. No, no, you really shouldn't because it's a business. And when I tell you the dirty sides of this business, I don't know if it'll blow your mind or not, but hopefully it'll help you see a new world of going, oh, we can live happier together over here. So let's go back to the beginning of the insurance stories where I was growing up. I remember it being a big deal. I remember my mom making a big deal about how we don't have insurance and this and that and the other. And it was a big deal to her. And I, I'm not sure why. I, I really am not sure why. This is in the 80s. And I don't know if, uh, well, if you believe the the Michael Crichton and other movies that were made about insurances and smokers and hiding things and scams and letting people die, you know, insurance has always been shady. Here's the bottom line with insurance. It's a private business. They're there to make money. They're there to keep money. And insurance has probably changed some since the Healthcare Act was passed. People like to call it Obamacare, but I think that's just dumb. It, you call it what it is. While President Obama was the president at the time, I honestly, I don't believe this is the bill he wanted and from the way he had talked originally. I think this was a horrible compromise. And secondly, he's not the sole proprietor of it. It's just stupid to call it Obamacare. It, it, it's, and honestly, the only other people I've heard to call Obamacare are negative assholes who are trying to tear it down. I'm not saying it's good or bad. It, that's, it's really a moot point in this particular show. But I'm saying, stop being stupid. In the 80s, in 90s, I'm not sure how scammy it was. My parents handled it, but I do remember it was a big deal that we got insurance at one point. We even had dental, and I got my, man, I got my teeth cleaned so freaking much, and I don't think we had any major problems. Like, we never got orthodonty, right? We never got the the braces or anything like that. I think my sister got glasses early on, and, and the insurance helped pay for that, and 
My mom and dad have always worn glasses as long as I can remember. You know, I remember that was a, a small period of time where my mom literally was telling us, we're going to we're gonna get our monies out of this. You know, we're, we, we have insurance. We're going to make sure you get checked out. And there's a mindset that goes with that. Are you sick because you have insurance when you didn't before? Are you healthy because you know you don't have insurance? You know, I, it depends on where your mind is when you listen to the show because I believe you make the reality you live in. And I know that the government actually forced insurance on me for a brief period of time after I got laid off. Didn't ask for it, didn't apply for it. All of a sudden in the mail, hey, you've got emergency Medicaid to cover you and your wife because you're getting these other benefits and, and you don't have a job. And sure enough, guess what? I got sick to the point during that time that I had to go to the ER and get taken care of. But guess what? The six years before that, that I didn't have insurance and this time since I've then since it lapsed that I don't have insurance, guess who's been healthy as a horse? I'm just saying, think about that. Think about the, the world you live in and what you walk through. But I was taught growing up insurance is everything. Because, oh, my God, you know, what if, what if you have a, a $30,000 bill, $50,000, $100 million bill? No, it's a fear factor. It's a fear factor. Insurance is such a fucking scam. Here's how insurance works. I'm going to give that company money. And the negotiations come down to, well, what do you want? Oh, you have to do this. And I'm going to get into a, a, an actual story here in a second. And you take my money. And then if I never use your service, I don't get that money back if i never once cost you a single penny you got my money and here's when i came to that realization i was young and married my wife and i were both working for the same company and blue cross blue shield came in which is one of the most expensive scammiest ones i mean they're all bad they're all bad i'm gonna talk about the denial of service and we'll talk about all that but they came in and, and as a rep and the company was like oh we're getting insurance and we're gonna help pay for it and i'll get into my rant on that in a minute but this rep came in and my wife and I were thinking about having a baby at the time. You know, we haven't, we had not pulled the trigger on saying, yeah, we're going to start trying. We, we, we weren't there yet. We were just figuring things out and we believed in needing insurance because, oh my God, you can't pay for a baby. I'm going to tell you, you can't, you can pay for everything. So just stick with me and we'll get there. But we, I remember sitting there and he goes, okay, so, you know, you're going to have to pay X amount of money a month. I'm like, what? That's a lot of money, dude. What the? I can't do that. What are you talking about? And he's like, oh, well, you know, because pregnancy costs so much money and this and that and the other. And she wasn't even pregnant yet. It was just what ifs. It came down to we had to pay. This was subsidized. This means the company I worked for supposedly, and I use air bunnies there. Do your fingers like your little bunny ears and you'll see air bunnies, the quotes. <laughs> Supposedly, this company was negotiating rates on our behalf. And it wasn't a big company. It was only about 30, 40 people that worked there, maybe. But they're negotiating rates on our behalf and paying part of it. And I believe companies do pay in as well. I think they're getting ripped off as well. I think they've bought into the lie. I think they try to feel good at night going, well, look at all this great stuff we do. It goes back to my zoo story. When I worked on the ambulance, I came off a 48-hour shift. I was dog-tired. I was miserable. It was a miserable, rainy day. And my wife and mother-in-law had planned a day for us to go to the zoo. I mean, I was miserable and did not want to go. I just wanted to go home and go to sleep. And my wife got mad at me and was like, we planned this for you. And I'm like, no, you didn't. I never said I wanted to go to the zoo. I said I'd never been. 
you know, when you ask me about it, that's, that's, I, I have no desire about going to the zoos. I have very strong feelings about zoos. You know, not that they're evil, but it's a, it's, it's almost a necessary evil, if you will. It's these, these animals are trapped. They're not, they're not built to be in a cage. It doesn't matter how nice the habitat is. They're not acting like they would if they were free. And sometimes there's an Anthony Hopkins movie. I can't remember what it is, but he had this great line about you can look into the eye of the animal and you can see the light fading. And then at some point you can see where they gave up. And there's definitely some animals that, that I can see that. And I was just miserable. So the whole point of that story was they thought they were doing something for me. Really, they were doing something to make themselves feel good without asking me what I actually wanted. And that's what companies do with insurance negotiations. They try to do something that makes them feel good. And lots of people who work for them buy into that. And they buy into the lie that I have to have insurance. And I have to do this. And I have to do that. And then it falls apart or something goes wrong. And in my case, it was, we're going to charge you an arm and a leg. And we're like, oh, well, okay. Well, we're, we wouldn't have a baby. Now, here was the stipulation. We had to pay over $200 a month out of my paycheck, over $200 a month to cover myself and my wife who are young and healthy non-smokers. It was almost $300 a month. It was, two, it was over 250 We had to pay that every month. And for the first 10 months of the policy, we could not get pregnant. If she got pregnant, they wouldn't pay for it. That's what they told us. So let's do 250 times 10 is $2,500. I have to spend $2,500 before I get the right to even possibly get pregnant. There must have been something else in there because I figured out we spent three to four grand in that year. Now, here's what happened in that year. We never decided to try to have a kid. We never got sick. We're young and we're healthy, we're not doing regular checkups, we're not going to the doctor, we cost Blue Cross Blue Shield zero. They did not spend one single dime on us. And this is before the days of them requiring you to go get a checkup. Oh, we have all these benefits. We want you to use them. If you go use it, we'll give you a $5 gift card to you know stop and save or whatever. Yeah, I know I know. health companies are, are encouraging people that. That's part of the scam too because they realize people weren't using the, the services people will drop your service they're realizing doctors might want to renegotiate rates and because they're not having a lot of clients that use your service they're gonna really have you over the barrel but guess what if you incentivize people to go to the doctor's office now you can go hey no i've got i've got a hundred clients in your office and we're paying you X amount of money per client, just base, just to have them checked out. So now let's renegotiate that. Oh, you know, we have these clients and we're, in, we're giving them 10, 15, 20 bucks to go to a doctor, you know, in a gift card form. I've seen that happen. And we're giving all these benefits, all this stuff. We're spending money on apps. We're, we're spending money. I, when I was in Chicago, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Illinois had bikes out there and these locked bike racks. And if you were a member, you could have the app or you could text or whatever and get a code and you punch in the code, you get a bicycle to ride around. So they're investing money in the infrastructure of putting these bikes out and the technology to keep them in track and this and that to give benefits to their members. What is that doing? That's letting you go, oh, I feel good about myself. So I'm going to keep putting money into this company and I'm actually doing things to stay healthier because it is in their bottom line best interest to keep you healthy because then they don't have to pay crap. So in this year that I paid Blue Cross Blue Shield, and, and, and you got to understand, my wife and I are broke. We're not smart with our money. We're young. We're a little dumb. 
We're working our asses off. And sometimes our bills are being paid. Sometimes they're not. And we, we're stressed out. And at some point in there, I do the math. I was canceling my policy anyway because I, I think it's just we couldn't afford it. I mean, you're talking about $250, $300 a month coming out of my pocket for nothing. And I was like, well, crap. And, and maybe I'd get introduced to Dave Ramsey in this time period. I don't remember. But I went, crap. I, I could put that money into a bank account. I could find a, a medical savings program. Back then, it was a little bit harder. Now, uh, you I, you could get them through companies that would offer them. But now, I think you can, you can find them just about anywhere, a medical savings program. That says if you put specific money away for doctors uh, and you only use it for doctors. But it's it gets interest. It gets it's a free account. It's, there's benefits to doing it that way, and I think it's tax deductible. Now I'm pretty sure I was probably going through Dave Ramsey at the time when I came to these realizations. And when we spent four, let's just say four thousand dollars this year, four thousand dollars, we spent more on insurance that we didn't use than on anything else that's non necessary in our lives. Your rent is necessary. You have to have a place to live, right? Power, water. Those are necessary. Above, beyond that, nothing else is necessary. It's fun. It's needed. It depends on how you build your business. But we paid more on health insurance than anything else. I didn't get any money back. I'm like, I could use $4,000 in my account right now. I could use $4,000 in an account. Even if I can't touch it, I know it's there in case I do get sick. It's mine to spend as I want. Why are we giving away the control? Why are we giving away our power? Why are we becoming dependent on somebody else to take care of us? Because that is what insurance is. There was a comedian. Um, God, I wish I remember his name. He's a tall black guy. George something, I think. Had a great voice. And I remember him talking about life insurance. And he did it in a super funny way. But he's talking about insurance. He's going through life insurance. He's being really funny about it. because. But the bottom line was... So the insurance company is betting that I will live and they're putting their money on that I will live. And I'm giving them money essentially betting that they're wrong. <laughs> you know? It's it's what? That's what that's why it's such a damn scam. Is you got think about it that way. When you walk in to get insurance, and Dave Ramsey recommends insurance until you can self-insure. I love the idea of self-insuring. I just I just went a different route. Medical insurance is betting that you'll stay healthy and that they will get all your money and not have to pay you anything. And you're betting that they are wrong. Now, I have come across people that have definitely, for whatever reasons, I mean, we might get into it in another show about realities and things that go on and whatever, but they need they had lots of medicines and they're expensive medicines. And we're going to get into talking about doctors and medicines here differently because it's a different kind of conversation, but it does go hand in hand. So I realized then that insurance was a scam. But everywhere I worked, every job I took, that was part of the pay package. We're going to pay you this smaller amount, but we're going to give you insurance. But I, Okay, so now I get on my soapbox about corporate America and negotiations. and I, It's more sad than angry, so I'm not, I'm not going to yell and scream and rant here. I'm going to go through my first negotiation and my last negotiation. So in the first one, I mean, I'm not getting paid anything. I'm struggling to pay the bills. And the way this company was set up, they had, I'm not sure if this is the legal term, but they had subsidiaries, I believe, set up. They had tax shelters. So I'd get paid, when I'd get my paycheck, sometimes I'd get two different paychecks. 
from two different places that was inside the same company, depending on the job I did and where I worked. And, and they had these tax shelters set up that no matter how much tax I took out, because I was also of the mindset that, you know, I'll tax, but you will be afraid of the government. I'm not afraid of the government. I'm not afraid of, of IRS. I do things above board and appropriately. I'm not afraid of them, but I was raised to be afraid of them. And I was raised to uh, claim as little as possible. Let them take out as much tax as possible. It's better to get a refund than to pay. I think it's better to try to break even. And that's that. that I'll, all right. So I'll give you a little story on that really real quick. If you break even, you don't get a lot of money back. It's not Christmas in April, but you keep your money through the year. And there was a point in time when I went to a, a well, I thought it was a good tax person. It turns out they might've been a little shady, but I didn't know that. I got recommended to them. Their office was busy. It seemed upright what they were doing at the time. I never got, if it was shady, they never got in trouble for it. It was never like criminal shady. It just, at some point it didn't feel right. So I ended up leaving to do something different. But uh, uh, the first time I went to them, I'd maybe gotten at most, I'd done my own taxes, right? Using tax act or whatever. And I'd get a hundred bucks back. And then I, I started going to, H&R Block, and they got me more back, but they cost me an arm and a leg. Oh, my God, H&R Block is such a ripoff. They cost you an arm and a leg. Then I went to a real accountant and got $6,000 back, all claiming the same thing throughout the years, all just having me and my wife. And the only thing that changed at one point was we did buy a house. That is the only significant tax change. Making under $35,000 a year that entire time went from – I could get myself a couple hundred bucks back. Jason R. Block could get me a grand back, maybe a little bit more, even after their ridiculously high fees, to a real accountant who charged way less than H&R Block, by the way, way less, got me $6,000 back. And I walked out of there excited, right? This is like, we're going to Disney World. Woo, I mean, $6,000. And then it hit me because I'd already gone through Dave Ramsey. We struggled through that year. To pay bills. I think we borrowed money to pay bills. And now I, get six, I gave the government $6,000 too much. So I determined to try to break even. I started claiming my dependents. I started claiming discounts to where they withhold less. And people, even my accountant had that fear. Oh, you have to be careful. Be careful. Be careful. Oh, because you don't want to owe. You never want to owe. Why? I mean, nobody wants to have to pay a $5,000 tax bill. I've seen that happen to other people. But if you're actually paying attention to your money, you're claiming legitimate claims of children and houses or whatever else. Actually, you don't claim a house on a, a withholding form. So you know, if you do your claims correctly and above board, and you basically stay in your same pay bracket, maybe you'll pay 100 bucks, maybe you'll pay 50 bucks, maybe you pay a couple hundred, maybe, and know that that might happen. Or maybe you'll get back a grand or two. I mean, that's how mine tweaked down. I tweaked it from $6,000 coming back to about 1000 Why? Why are you afraid? That's insurance. That's tax, you know, these, these tax return places. They go kind of hand in hand. So I tweaked it. That's my tax story. So the insurance, we decided, my wife and I just had a real talk and went, if we're going to pay this kind of money, why don't we just pay it to ourselves? Now, of course, we didn't. We were broke and we were young. But I went to the company and said, I don't want insurance anymore. But it's part of our package. Blah, 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 blah. All right, but I don't want it. I can opt out. Well, yeah. Do I get any more pay? Well, no. Okay. Well, I, I'm not gonna. I'm not going to pay for this insurance so unless you're going to pay for 100 percent of it. Whatever. Now, before between that story and my last negotiation story, I'm going to tell you 
where I used insurance. And all I've used probably every company that's been out there. Because that's the thing, too. Corporate America changes companies from year to year because I think they get kickbacks. I honestly do. Or I think somewhere on the higher end, they get a better deal because the employees almost always get fucked. Almost always get fucked. Oh, we got this new insurance that's going to offer all this great stuff, and there's going to be three different plans to pick from. And the minimum plan has you putting out $300 a month out of your pocket when you're broke and you're having a hard time keeping your bills up because you're you're working in a field that's emergency medicine and you're you're putting your life on the line to save other people's lives but we we won't pay you for that sorry i ended up uh wrecking a motorcycle and severing a muscle in my leg it was uh my acl i severed my acl and had to go through surgery and went through a couple different doctors well actually i went through two different doctors the first doctor he just had bad bedside manner and that story will come out and we talk about doctors in a second. The second doctor did exactly, you know, he treated me the way I wanted to be treated. He talked to me the way I wanted to be talked to. And then I went with them, did the surgery. And shortly after the surgery, you, you get explanation of benefits, EOB, right? You get that sent to your email. This is what your doctor says he did. This is what we're looking at. Well, the doctor had a PA assisting him. A surgeon had you know, somebody else in the room assisting him. And they basically submitted identical bills. Well, the insurance company said, well, oh, no, these are duplicate bills. This isn't right. They kicked back. They, they denied instantly the whole thing. You're talking about, a, I think it was a $20,000. No, this was the $80,000 surgery. $80,000 surgery, you know, leading into it, the surgery itself. I had a reaction to the anesthesia, so I ended up having to stay overnight and be monitored closely, uh, you know, pain meds, all those things. And they kicked it back. And, and of course, once they kick it back, they say, oh, you're going to be responsible for it. I was like, no, the hell I'm not. You know, and I call the doctor's office and have them resubmit. And, and see, that's part of the problem is insurance company. And this has been proven in court cases. You know, this is not me exaggerating and just spinning a, a tale of, whoa. <laughs> it has been proven that there were policies in place in the 80s and 90s and insurance companies to deny to deny. Find a reason to deny. Oh, you didn't do this. Oh, you didn't cross this T. Guess who leads that charge? The government. Medicaid, Medicare. If you don't, if you don't tot that I and cross that T perfectly, it will kick back denied. And if you don't fix it within their time window, you ain't getting paid. The government leads that charge. Now, don't get me wrong. This is not a rant about small government, big government. I, I when, when President Obama was talking about social medicine, I was all for jumping feet first. I'm like, if you're going to do it, do it right. If you're going to do it, make it part of my taxes, and the government controls the whole business. Because I knew what a shady scam everything is. It's watch the queen. Where's the queen? Where's the queen? Oh, no, sorry, you lost your 20 bucks. That is exactly what insurance is. Working on the ambulance. The company I was working for, they wanted everybody, even the office personnel, to kind of rotate through. And they wanted the medics to rotate through the office to kind of get a feel for the company as a whole. How do we work as a whole? Here's the billing office. How do they work? You know, they wanted us to go sit. They wanted the billing people to come out into the field and ride with us a little bit so they see what we do and get a feel for how everything flows. Great idea because I ended up finding out the way medicine pays is I have this life-saving drug and, and there's – currently a controversy about the EpiPen and how over two years it's gone from $100 a pen to $600 a pen because big pharma and insurance companies are tied together. 
insurance will say what they'll pay for something and big pharma can lobby them to pay more they can get it to change not going on the evils of any of that i'm telling you the realities are when money is involved they will get yours but i had this life-saving drug epinephrine now i had it in the paramedic version where it's a big vial i had to put a needle on it but it's what you give in a heart attack and the basic we can save your life big heart attacks you give epinephrine it cost our company a hundred and sixty dollars a vial to buy it on a standard heart attack you go through three to six of those and in less than 20 minutes if you if it's a viable you know we can get you back heart attack you will burn through this not to mention all the other drugs and everything else we go through i'm talking about this one drug is 160 dollars a vial we'd burn through six of those insurance all insurances across the board set a price medicare being the lead on that They'll pay $60 a vial. So we're eating $100 a vial every time we try to save your life. They say life-saving drug. And they said, nope, we're only going to reimburse you, was that a third, roughly, of it? But, but oxygen, which is pure oxygen, which is fairly cheap. Gloves, latex gloves that we wear. I mean, we'll go through three or four pairs on the call, depending on what's going on. But latex gloves, you can go to Walmart and buy latex gloves. So we buy them in bulk. You know we get them cheap. We get them like $5, $6 a box, and there's 100 pairs in a box. So you're talking about cents. These gloves cost cents, not dollars, cents. Guess what Medicaid will pay for gloves? $50. Medicaid will pay you $50 for gloves, for a pair of gloves. Not per pair. You know, we don't mark down. I went through four pairs. It's just for that call, for that that instance. $50. Oxygen, same way. It costs us cents to run oxygen, and they'll pay us $50 if we put oxygen on. That is fucked up. Are you hearing me? This is the insurance world. They dictate to us, the lifesavers, how much it's going to cost to save your life. And guess what we do? We do it anyway. But guess what we do? We play the game. Everybody, every patient got oxygen. Because Oxygen will not hurt you unless you're a tiny baby and it gets in your eyes, and that's a whole different thing. But oxygen won't hurt you. It'll it's got tons of great benefits. So it'll calm somebody down when they're hyperventilating. If you get a headache, it actually can help with that. It oxygen helps a lot of things. So every single patient who got in the back of the truck got oxygen. Why? Because well, because it is helpful, but also because we can make fifty dollars a call on it. When we run that heart attack, we have to offset the losses. That's the game that is played with insurance. So you couple that with what I've been telling you about the, the we're going to deny this. That's that I'm, I'm, I'm telling you straight. The, the cost on things is dictated by insurance companies is retardedly stupid. Because I'm going to tell you one other story before after I get to my uh, corporate American negotiation. So the last time I walked away from insurance, 100%. 100%. I refused to get it. Fuck you, ain't going to happen. And the Healthcare Act said, oh, I still don't honestly know the ins and outs of what's required by Healthcare Act about insurance to have it. I said, screw you. The fine is going to be a hell of a lot cheaper than me dumping money into a scam. And you know what? That's un American. You can't tell me I'm going to have to go buy this private product. Well, they do it with car insurance. Oh, yeah. Well, me getting sick and dying isn't going to destroy your property or ruin your life or perhaps even kill you. Make a better argument. This is where I went rebel. I mean, I straight up went rebel. I said, fuck the government. I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. 
I am not going to buy it because you told me I have to. Fuck you. Take me to jail because I'd like to make a stink about this. And guess what? That was my rock hard. And my wife, too. We're, we're, we're standing on that. We're not going to go buy it because you tell us we have to. We've said no a long time ago. We're going to take care of ourselves. And I don't think we've ever hit. I know it's changed and fluctuated. But every time I ask my accountant to look into it um, for tax purposes, he's like, yeah, no, you're not making enough money to worry about it. And blah. I mean, it's, it's stupid. It's stupid. Just stop worrying about things. Stop being afraid of life. Control yours. Get out there and be the rock out of your life. Do what you do. So the last time I walked away from insurance, I was at this large company, and we had gotten purchased by an even bigger company. And you're talking, you're talking, maybe a th- almost a thousand employees, almost a thousand employees at the time. And they're like, "Yeah, we're going to be going through. They're hyping us up. We're going through negotiations. We're getting a new insurance company, and it's going to be great and fun." And they come back. Now my kids are on insurance. In Georgia, we have a great program that is subsidized, subsidized by the government. It's it's low-income health insurance. It's called uh, Georgia Peach Care. And it's for children. Because, yeah, children can run into a whole lot of problems. Children can get sick fairly easily, depending on what's going on. And as you're developing, it's really good to have somebody keep an eye on that. That would get costly for me, but I could pay it out of pocket. I would pay it out of pocket if I had to. You know, uh, there's a, an example Dave Ramsey gives when he's talking about money. Is if you know every kid in the world got sick and the shot to cure them is five thousand dollars, you'd find a way to come up five thousand dollars. Yeah, yes, I would. Now he goes on to to talk about savings and everything else, and he's right. But the point is, I'm going to take care of my kids, and I have a great insurance program provided by my state, not the federal government, by the state that says if you qualify for the program, it's it's based on income. And sometimes you pay, sometimes you don't. Now, my income has dropped since I got laid off. But before I got laid off, I was starting to pay like 50 bucks a year or 50, no, 50 bucks a month for the two kids because they were a certain age. And I was making a certain amount of money. So I was paying 50 bucks a month for two kids and like a dollar or $2 copay at the doctor's office. Okay, I can do that because I want my kids taken care of. That's reasonable. And then the government is helping subsidize. And then guess what? Guess what that doctor's visit? You don't go every month. So the doctor's visit might be 50, 100 bucks for a checkup. I don't know. I mean, see, here's the thing. Doctors set their prices to what insurance will pay. That's what they do. They discount it down. God, get an EOB. Go online. Just search EOBs, explanation of benefits. See if you can find where people have posted them. I don't know if they're there. I've just seen mine. And I've seen $7,000 bill get discounted, air bunnies again, get discounted to be 120 bucks, and because that's what the insurance paid. Is we're going to give you 120 bucks for this. So it's a 7000 because every insurance can be different. Blue Cross Blue Shield might pay you three grand, whereas um, I can't think of another health insurance right now. Whereas Bow Jobs, but that sounded like Blow Jobs. <laughs> now that's the health insurance to get behind. Blow Jobs health insurance, where, <laughs> where they might pay $5,000. For that same procedure, where the government might pay 150 bucks, it's arbitrary, man. It's it's messed up, and you see it all the time. So doctors will set a seven thousand dollar rate because a private person might come in and pay that. 
But the negotiation, this company, oh, we got all these employees. We're negotiating. No, the insurance company talked our company into splitting the employees off into the three physical locations that they were in. Guess what that did? That took our thousand employee negotiation down to, well, this location has 400 employees and this location has 200 employees. And it, it made the negotiations smaller. And when they came out and said, Hey, we found these great plans. I was like, you're full of shit. Because now, just for me and my wife, because my kids are taken care of, non-smokers, and which, by the way, fuck you for asking me if I smoke or not. It's none of your goddamn business. Oh, we're looking for lung cancer. No, you're looking for a way to rape me. Because if I put down, I smoke a cigar this year, one cigar, you're going to rape me. If I put down and smoke weed, you're going to rape me. And actually, you'll probably report me to my boss, and then I get fired. Fuck you. And I understand there are chain smokers and you can talk about it. Insurance is a scam. Stop picking on other people. Stop going, well, I'm healthy and I run and I eat right. And this person is fat and they're an alcoholic and they smoke. Then fucking put your money in your bank account and take care of your life. Because insurance means that you will pay for that person if they get sick but you're assuming they will and you're trying to say you're better than them and nobody's better than anybody else nobody is but insurance will say that you are but they're taking your money they don't believe you are they're charging you the same amount yeah oh you don't get the smoker's fee you don't get this whatever they're still taking your money mr health mrs health and they're not giving it to you and you're healthy so maybe you go to a checkup a year and you're paying thousands of dollars to get checked up have you called your doctor to see what a cash checkup would cost you? Because it ain't a grand. It ain't two grand. So they're doing these negotiations, and it came down. I, thought, I just laughed. and like, you're fucking stupid. And HR was trying to sell it to me. And I thought I told him, like, no, you're fucking stupid. You failed in your negotiations. Well, we're paying, we're paying $800 a month for you. All you have to do is pay $400 a month for you and your wife who are non-smokers. And you've already had all your children. So, no, actually, we hadn't. We might get pregnant. That's it. At that time, we might you know, have more kids. No. And they just blew their minds. I was like, no, I'm going to opt out. I'm like, well, you can, because legally you can. This was definitely before the Healthcare Act, uh, but still, legally you can opt out. I can opt to go get my own insurance, even now. And I got, I mean, I pulled up my laptop in front of them and went to eHealth Insurance and put in my information and said, how come that says I can get a plan that I control 100% that I can pay $150 a month for, but your plan that I cannot control says I have to pay 400 bucks when you're paying $800 for me, which makes that what? Oh, $1,200 a month, $1,200 a month for the guy who doesn't go to the doctor, who has a healthy family, who might get pregnant. Fuck you. I'm done. And that's to the insurance world. Fuck you. I'm done. So here's what's happened since. And this is what I've learned about medicine. I told you a story about getting thrown off the motorcycle and severing my ACL. I was taken to... Uh, the closest, it wasn't a trauma center, it wasn't that bad, but somebody who could handle my accident. And they uh, had insurance at the time, and of course I got my insurance and this and that, and you know, they're, they're doing their x-rays and stuff, and they say, okay, we gave you a referral, because that's how this bullshit works, is we have to tell you what doctor to go to, and we have to prove that you need to go to this doctor. So I go to the doctor they referred me to. And he was like, yeah, you know, severed, you know. they put me in a, a freaking MRI to look at it again, which is super painful with the way my knee was, the way they made me be. 
It hurt like a motherfucker. Um, and it was 40, you know, 30 or 40 minutes from my house. So it was an ordeal to get to appointments, but we made it, we did it. And I'm on disability at the time. I had short-term and long-term disability through my company. Now see that, that, that on the company's end, that was something that was good because I think I paid, they made it really simple for me to get short-term. I think I paid like 10 bucks a month to get short-term disability. I didn't pay anything for long-term. They covered that for me. You know, that was, that was coming going, no, we want to make this a benefit. We want to help you when you need help. So this is what we're going to do along those lines. We're going to pay for this and most of that. And if you will just do this little bit, it's there for you. But I'm on disability. Disability pays 60% of your paycheck. When you can't live off 100% of your paycheck, 60% is a bitch. So I'm calling the doctor, and they're like, well, you know, we're going to look at it. We're possibly going to schedule surgery. And they were just being slow-ass dicks and not talking to me. And not. And I hate that. If you've listened to me for five seconds, you know I'm king of communication. I just want to talk to you. I want you to talk to me. I just want to know we're on the same page. I would like to work out things that are mutually beneficial for everybody. And they weren't doing that. They wouldn't talk to me. My, I'm in pain. I'm not, you know, it, he tells me, go get this certain brace. And I go get the, I tell the, the brace company the brace I need and they give it to me. And it's not helping because it's the wrong brace. Because he, either he used the wrong terminology or it's not widespread terminology because they gave me the wrong thing. And I'm losing money and I'm stressing out. And I'm calling him going, are we, what are we going to do? Are we doing a surgery? What do you want to do? What are we doing here? And I'm putting my life, my health, my future, my career in his hands, letting him make the decisions. Well, tell me what to do, doc. Tell me what to do. And they were going to schedule uh, a surgery in January. This is in September. They're going to schedule a surgery in January. What the fuck are you talking about? And like, well, can I work? What I mean, I don't understand what's going on with my knee, and I'm a fucking paramedic, and you're not telling me what's going on with my knee. Can I work? Finally, they said they just wanted me to leave them alone. They finally said, "Sure, go back to work, whatever. Just leave us. Basically, let's leave us alone." So I did go back to work, and I knew I was going to leave them. And and my I ate Advil like candy because of course you can't be on narcotics when you're on a truck. And I didn't have a doctor who would give me non-narcotic good pain medicine. I didn't have a good doctor at all at that point because I fired that asshole. Because you, you, because of your life, you want me to sit around and do nothing for months, not get basically not getting paid. Fuck you, man. I got I got food to put on the table. This is before kids, and so I went to work with my my knee without that muscle. My knee grinds every time I get in and out of a vehicle. Every time I lifted anything, pain constantly. And I I went and found a different doctor, and everybody's like, "Oh, that doctor's horrible. He's so mean. He has no bedside manner." I'm like, I don't care. I'm going to try him out because I need to try. I need, I need to find a doctor that'll fix this. That's on my insurance. And he's on my insurance. And I went in and he looked at it and he, he asked me, what do you think? And I said, well, I'm a paramedic. I want you to talk to me like I fucking know some shit. Cause I said that fuck it. And I was like, I'm tired of being talked down to cause doctors will talk down to patients. And I've learned to be more tactful. Now I learned to go into a, a doctor and try to show, I know some things. You know, like talk to them in words that normal people don't use, medical terms, those kind of things. And explain, I used to be a paramedic. I understand my life. I want to talk to you on a human level. And if a doctor can't do that, get out. If a doctor tells you something that 
deep down inside, you doesn't feel right. Something's not, I don't know, man. Something's not, trust yourself and find a new doctor. Doctors are like fast food restaurants. There are a million of them and they all have different flavors, different things that they do. Find the one that works for you. If you don't trust the doctor you're on, get a different one. Well, I have insurance after there's usually choices, not always. There's usually choices of doctors shop around till you find a doctor that you would work well with. Cause that's what I did with this surgery. And once I explained to him that I just want to be treated like a human being. And I just want you to explain to me what you see. And I want you to hear me out. He's like, okay, here's blah, blah, blah. This is what's going on in your knee. You can not, you can avoid surgery and do this and this and this, but you'll probably be in pain the rest of your life. Your insurance will cover surgery and this is what it'll do. And this is how we'll do it. What, what would you like to do? I'm like, I would like to fix this. Let's do surgery then. He goes, okay. He put the ball in motion and we still did a surgery. Uh, I think it was in January of that year, maybe close to it. Um, no, I don't know. I don't remember. I don't remember exactly when it went down, but it didn't matter. He put it in, in as fast as he could. The only hold it was actually finding a muscle, a cadaver muscle that was big enough to fix me. Cause I'm a big guy. And once he saw the brace, he's like, no, that's what the hell is that? Cause I brought it with me. And it's like this, the doctor used this exact term. I don't remember what it is now, but then I knew what it was. I went to the brace place and said, this is what I need. Use that exact term. This is what they ordered for me. He said, no, that is, that is crappy. First off, you're going to need uh, little side braces, you know, keep that me. It's to keep your knee from moving side to side. Well, the one I got basically stabilized my kneecap and that's all I did. Um, so I went back and told them what I needed and they, they got it for me. And that made all the difference in the world. All of a sudden my knee is not shifting side to side anymore and it doesn't grind as much. I'm not in that much pain. So thank you, doc. We got the surgery. He just shot us straight the whole time. And I, I loved the experience. He put me, uh, well, I got physical therapy. He did the same thing. Shopped my physical therapy around. I shopped it around, which blew the doctor's minds. Well, and not that doctor, that doctor got it. The surgeon. He understood what I was doing. But the ones I'd go, okay, I've got to do some physical therapy. Oh, well, we'll put you. No, 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 no. Don't tell me what you're going to do to me. Let's talk. Let's talk. Let me talk to the therapist. Let me see your program. Let me walk through and figure out what's going on. What? What are you talking about? It's like, there are other physical therapists around in this area that are on my insurance. I want to know that you're right for me. And ultimately, the one I went with is the one that got that and said, yeah, okay, sure. And we walked in. I met the doctors and I met the therapists. And I was like, all right, I like the energy, I like the vibe, I like your style, let's do this. And guess what happened? Because I did that, my six-month recovery that should have been, actually, technically, it should have been longer. Six months was average because I was a heavy, big guy. They said it might take longer for my need to support me. Three months, three months, I was cleared for heavy duty. And the doctors were, not. it wasn't a miracle, it wasn't, oh my God, they're amazed. No, the doctor's like, yeah. Because you found a place that you liked that worked for you, you were hungry and eager to do the work. And I healed in half the average time because I wanted it, because I found something that worked for me. That's what you need to do. Now, going back to the company, the last company I was with, the negotiation said, nope, I don't want your insurance. Fuck off. We ended up uh, deciding to have a kid. And I think I was working at home at the time, by the time we got pregnant with Ryland, who's my third child. And we we're like, we're going to pay cash for him. We're going to pay cash. We're going to go in because you can go and negotiate ahead of time with every hospital, with every doctor. You can go and shop them and talk to them and say, 
You know, wait, 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 wait. Let me step back. Let me step back for a second. To finish off that motorcycle story, I was working at, at the hospital that actually did my surgery, and I uh, went through the therapy and stuff. And not everything was covered by insurance. Not all of it. You know, it's, it's see that's the other thing too is insurance pretty much will never pay all of it. You're still paying money out of your pocket, and I owed I don't know about not quite eight hundred bucks roughly for incidentals and whatever the shit that insurance won't cover and hospitals coming after me and i work for them i am an employee of them and i know how the system works and i'm broke ass motherfucker and so when they called me when i called them up we're starting our negotiations i was like hey i can pay you 25 bucks a month that's not good enough i just stopped and like well i could pay you nothing and then you have to take me to court and then the, the judge is going to look at my income because I work for you in the same goddamn hospital you on this phone are working in. So, yeah, no, you don't get paid that much. Or you can take my $25. Well, you have to fill out this form. I'm like, no, I don't. I know how this works. As long as I'm paying something, and here's the end of the dirty little secret about insurance and about medicine. As long as you're paying something, you are making an effort. Now, if you make, if you make $100,000 a year, and you're paying 25 bucks a month, the judge might be like, uh, no, sir, you can you can pay a lot more than that. But when you're making $30,000 a year and you have two kids, no, I didn't have kids at the time. When you have no kids, but you, you know, when you're making less than 30 or around $30,000 a year, you're struggling and you're like, this is my budget. Fuck you. I can go to a judge and the judge will be like, what the, you will never get sent to claims court if you're paying you might get sent to a collector if you're paying. I don't know. That's up to the see, that's up to the hospital. They sell your bill to collectors. Everybody thinks, oh, I'll go to collection because uh, you know, um, it's a legal thing. No, it's not at all. For the most part, anybody, a car note, a hospital bill, if they send you to collections, it's because they get tired of trying to get money from you, or they thought mathematically it's worth it to sell your shit to somebody else. Same thing happens with mortgages, even when you're doing good mortgages. I got my good mortgage sold a couple of different times to different banks. And you just get a letter in the mail going, guess what? We're, we're selling your mortgage to such and such a bank, and they're going to be contacting you. You have no control over that. Same with collections. Now every place will have its own policies. But the hospital can just go, well, Mr. McFall, you've, you've owed us $800 for a year, and you've paid... Uh, I don't know what twenty five a month would be. Let's make it eighty thousand dollars. You've owed us eighty thousand dollars. You've paid a thousand dollars. We think it's mathematically better to get eight thousand dollars directly from this because they'll get it for ten cents on the dollar, roughly. So we're gonna we're gonna sell it to this company for eight thousand dollars and cut our losses right now and have eight thousand dollars in our account, and they can go after you. And of course, we we know the stories about collecting agencies being angry and mean and ugly. You don't have to take that. And if you're not paying, that's a whole different thing. And typically, it's, you, yeah, it's typically you go to collections if you're not paying, but they can put you in collections even if you're paying. What they cannot do is take you to court. I guess technically they can take you to court. But you see what I'm saying? I will win. And that's what I told her calmly and nicely. Yeah, you're going to take this $25 a month because I'm going to send it check and I'm going to send it certified. And if you don't cash it, if you refuse to sign for it, I'm going to have proof that you refuse to sign for it. Then take me to court. And what judge is going to say, he tried to pay you money and you said no. So now I want to make him pay you more money? Let's, let's Really? You, you think that's going to happen? Stop living in fear. And that's where medicine and doctors are a little bit of a scam. 
Doctors, unfortunately, I'm, I'm playing the good side of this. Doctors, unfortunately, have to cram in so many patients or feel like the need to cram in so many patients to make a living, to make good money, to keep their practice alive, that it becomes numbers. It becomes, okay, Mr. Johnson, what are you here for? All right, here, all right, here's your, your thing. Maybe they don't listen. And that's a cultural thing, too. That's an ego thing. That's, that's all kind of things. I won't deal with a doctor if they don't listen to me. If, when I tell you I, there's some kind of issue with my child or myself, and you pull out a notepad, this happened to me if you can't tell, and you pull out a notepad that's by the drug company that has a drug that will, quote, unquote, fix the problem I have, and their checklist is on their branded notepad, I'm walking out. This is exactly what happened to my son. He was crying all the time. We couldn't figure out why, and... Uh, we went to the doctor and we're new parents. This is Oakland. This was first kid. We went to the doctor and said, you know, th- we described the issue and she whipped out a pad. I can't remember the drug. It's a drug for uh, uh, acid reflux. I can't remember what it is. And on that pad, it had check mark. Does he do this? And does he do this? And she whipped off the check marks off of the fucking pad that the drug company had given to her, possibly even paid her for. And well, yes, we, we, we have those symptoms. Okay. Well, I'm going to prescribe this drug for your son. For your, he was weeks old at the time. Okay. And it's very important that kids poop, babies. If they don't go for more than, if they go for more than a day or two, it's bad, bad, bad juju can happen. So it's very important that babies poop regularly. And we're noticing, I mean, we'd gotten to the point where I was very involved. I'm an active paramedic then. So I'm very, definitely very involved in the health of my child. My wife is obviously very involved. She always worked around medicine in billing offices and in front offices. So we're very, we're, you know, paying attention. And he, yeah, he stops crying. So possibly has a little acid reflux. He stops crying. And I notice he's not pooping. Day one. All right. Day two, he's not pooping. And I, my mind's going, okay, so we're going to, I'm overreacting a little bit. I'm like, uh, something bad's going to happen here. And by the evening of day two, I'm online looking up this drug. And one of the side effects on the drug manufacturer's website, one of the known side effects in small children is constipation, which actually can kill them if left unchecked. I guess technically anything can kill a baby if left unchecked. But I, was like, I went back to her. I was like, uh-uh. I took him off the drug. By the next day, he's pooping again. You know, maybe it's three days, but it's enough time for me to see an effect, take them off, see another, a different effect, a better effect. So I called up her office and told her that. And, oh, no, 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 no. I mean, she denied fully. No, there's no way that caused constipation. You're just being a crazy parent. Okay. Hey, here's a pediatrician over here. And I called, I told, I called her front office said, I want, I want my records. I'm going to a different doctor. Oh, oh, oh Okay. And I go up to the office because we'd already set an appointment for with the other doctor. So on the way there, we went to pick up the records. Like, then they do customer service. Then they're like, "What? Well, why would you? Why would you leave?" And so I flat out told him the whole story and said, "Don't ever tell me I'm a crazy parent. I'm a fucking paramedic. I know my job. I know health. And here, and I had printed it out just to do the TV thing in your face. And here's a piece of paper." a screenshot off of that drug manufacturer's website that says, and I highlighted it, constipation can be a side effect in small babies. So when I tell you my son's not pooping and you tell me that would never happen with this drug, fuck you. And that started my freedom. And I found a doctor and guess what? They Instead of just writing a drug, they said, hey, try this. Angle the, the mattress up a little bit. And we did. And guess what? That fixed it. 
He listened. We're still with that doctor four kids later. So anyway, we decided to have Ryland. We decided to have a, a child. And when my wife got pregnant, and we're like, okay, we're going to negotiate rates. And typically what will happen is if you go into a doctor's office and say, we're going to pay cash, we're, we're coming ahead of time. It's not like we have to see you today. We're coming in to talk to you about what you offer, what your rates would be. You can do this on the phone even. Say, I want to pay cash. What will you do for me? And a lot of times, like, okay, the business office doesn't know the answer. So, all right, let us let us talk to a few people in the office. Let's put together a package, and we'll get back with you. And typically, they will get back with you. And you might get different rates, but typically, you'll get the Medicaid rate, which is the lowest reimbursed rate they will have. And because you're not on insurance, you get to say yes or no to tests. And a lot of times, you'll get a battery of tests. Right there, uh, when we went in with Ryland. We were paying, I think it was ten, about $25 a visit. You know, it wouldn't be a copay. It was just like, here's a $25 check for you to, just to look at us today. All right, cool. And, and you know, we, they knew how it worked. I mean, and that's the thing. We were there with the money in hand, ready to go. There's no time spent on billing. There's no rejection of billing. There's no arguing back and forth. There's no angry patients. We agreed this is what we're going to pay. Hey, here you go. Here's some money. It's a great, pleasant experience. And we went in, and they're like, hey, we've got this list of blood work that we want to do today, and it's 10 different tests. And we went, wait, 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 wait. Do you know that we're paying for this ourselves? Like, oh, no, the lab. You know, the lab's like, oh, no, sorry, we didn't, we didn't know that. Okay, what, it, what do these tests do and what's actually necessary? And they went down the list. Immediately, actually, the girl's like, well, okay, you don't need this, 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 and this. These, these are just done because of insurance reasons. And, you know, this one does this and this one does. And then, so the, she cut off half the list just because of insurance or lack thereof. So, okay, you don't need those. Then the other half of the list, we ended up doing, I think, two or three out of the five that were remaining because we didn't care about the results. One was an HIV test. Well, we don't care about that. We're not doing anything that would bring HIV into our lives. We're not worried about that test. Scratch that test. The other test was a very dangerous one, uh, scientifically speaking, uh, where they, they go in, take amniotic fluid out of the mother's womb, which can be dangerous. Uh, it's fairly safe, but it, it can, I mean, it can have some really bad consequences. It's dangerous. And it's to test to see if your kids had down syndrome, which is actually a test that cannot be proven. They'll tell you, well, it's not a hundred percent. Sometimes we get false positives. Sometimes we get false negatives. And we're like, no, you're not doing that test. Like, okay. I mean, they never argued. Not once. They didn't argue at all. They're like, okay, sure. Whatever. And about the time we were getting ready to go negotiate with the hospital and say, okay, how much is it going to be ahead of time? to to tell you and that's the thing as long as you plan ahead say we're paying cash what can we do here what kind of breaks can you give us what do we really need obviously we really need a place to have the baby we really need somebody who can do well with having the baby blah blah, blah. but about the time we started to go to negotiate um that's when the government uh, threw some insurance on me and or no 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 we got uh, that's different we our our income did drop to a certain extent and we got women infant well it's not wick women infant children is a food thing but basically we got baby medicaid when you make under a certain amount of money there's a medicaid that women uh, the pregnant woman and then the baby for a year after it's born gets because we want to make sure. I mean, that's honestly a great thing about our fucking government in the United States. You can bitch all day long about food stamps and Medicare and Medicare, blah, blah, blah. Sure, everything has abuses. But goddamn, I've just spent the last hour 
telling you about the abuses of your precious fucking insurance programs that now supposedly we're forced to buy into. Fuck you. I've, I'm trying to expose the, the, without communication, the idiocracy of medicine and how it works. So don't talk to me about Medicaid America. This is a beautiful program. We were making about $40,000 a year with two kids, and the government went, yeah, that's not enough money to really go pay for a baby on your own. And honestly, the government understands that insurance is way overpriced. So the government had a very simple standard that said, hey, you don't have enough money. Here, we're going to pay for you to have the baby. And I pay my taxes. They don't even give me shit. I've paid taxes since I was 15 years old because I got a job as early as I could. I've always paid taxes. And I just kind of went with my short, mini little tax story. I proved to you doing those 1040 easy forms and doing shit at home. I've paid more than my fair share of taxes. Because even now, my accountant now, who is, is really great and really above board, and he and I always talk and we're on the same page about how to do things. I want to be right. I want to be right by the letter of the law. No more, no less. Render under Caesar's what is his, is what Jesus said. And that's what I, I try to do, is I, I will give you exact, I'm not going to fight you. I'm not going to hate the government. I'm not going to rant about it. Sure, I will pay for the right to live in this country and to do what I do and to say what I say. No more, no less. And I've I, when I got that $6,000 return, what it showed me was, one, I needed to tweak and not give so much to the government because you don't get interest on that. You just lose that money for the year that they have it. I could you could could you use six thousand dollars spread out over twelve months? I think you could, but I also realized I was paying in, or uh, sorry, I realized I was paying in too much. But I also realized that doing it myself for all those years and claiming what I claimed after all, because they actually took the last two years previous and redid those and got me some more money back, and those both were H and R Block years. And I realized even H and R Block getting me double to triple what I was getting on my own. I realize I'm paying too much taxes. So one, when I'm somebody you seem to enjoy and like and, and like me as a person and you listen to my show and I tell you, I didn't make enough money according to the government and according to the world. I didn't make enough money to get insurance for my baby and I was still going to handle it myself. And because we were already on a different program with our kids, the government said, hey, hey, talk to us. And so we did. Why shut a door? Always check your opportunities. Always see what's out there. And they said, oh, man, you don't make enough money. No, no, no. Don't don't pay for this baby yourself. We're going to pay for it. But we were there and we were ready. And that's, that's medicine. Shop your doctors. Find who you like. It's a business in the end. I don't, I, I, you know, you hear the weird stories of, you grow up with a pediatrician. Well, at some point, you need a different doctor. And you hear about 18-year-olds. Yeah, I think this was my wife's story. I'm not entirely sure. But, you know, when she was 18 or 19, she had to go to the doctor for something. And it was still the pediatrician. And it felt weird to go to him for this adult-type problem. And that's when she realized I needed to get a different doctor. Man, I wish she was here right now. She could tell that story. But I've had doctors that I, I have felt weird around. I felt, you know, trust your instincts. You don't have to know everything. One the internet can be dangerous. You can get all kind of stupid information, but there's some great information out there. WebMD is a great website. There's some other legitimate check different sources to see if they come across the same answer. I'm not saying self-diagnose. I'm saying trust your instinct. When I went to the pediatrician, the first thing they did was give me a drug. 
I didn't trust my instincts until my son's, what I perceived as my son's life was in danger. It probably wasn't that drastic. And, and it's, it's statistically, it takes a lot of not pooping to actually harm a, a baby. But I was a new dad. And I was staying ahead of that because, goddamn, you get behind that one, then what? Then what? But I, trust, I ultimately did trust my instincts, took care of him, and I fixed the problem myself. And I started saying, no, I, I, I can do this on my own. I need to make my own decisions. Now, if you decide you want insurance because it mathematically makes sense to you, more power to you. If you decide that you want to go with a doctor because you made an educated decision, hell yeah. But it's this idea of giving up our control and, oh, well, insurance, I have to. No, no, you don't, baby. No, you don't. I've gone without insurance. Me and my wife made the decision together to go without insurance. And it's going on other than what the government forced on me in 2013 because I was on unemployment. And they're like, oh, my God, you don't have any money. And you got this family. And oh, here, 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 take it. Okay, fine. Other than the eight or nine months that I had that emergency Medicaid pushed on me, I've been without insurance for six or seven years. I've had two kids that I was willing and able to pay money for to have them. I, mean, I was making good money when I had those children. That could have definitely cut back a lot of the BS that I was spending money on. And I was willing to pay my own way. And that both times the government went, nope, nope. You don't quite make enough. I'm like, I, I think I do, but okay, I will let you pay for it because I do pay my taxes. Here's here's the other thing. This is a faulty mindset. It's not a scam. You scam yourself with this mindset, and this is what I want to end on, is you pay your taxes if you're an upright legal stand, citizen in the United States from the age of 15 or 16, sometimes 14, depending on the area you're in, the job you can get. You pay taxes. You pay taxes in until the day you, you retire or die, depending on what comes first. And even when you die, you pay taxes on that. <laughs> but you pay taxes, and there are people out there who will yell and scream about taking government benefits. I'm like, okay, okay, but, but stop and think about what you just did in your life. Just stop. Stop. And think about what you just did in your life. You just paid into a system that is offering you benefits. Do you have a choice? No, you don't have a choice. You're essentially saying what I said before. I pay for the right to live here. I do. But with that right to live here comes other benefits. And my God, if I need them, I should use them. If you need them, you should use them. If you truly get disabled, get on government disability because that's what it's there for. If you lose your job and you can't put food on the table, motherfucker, go get some goddamn food stamps. It's not called food stamps anymore. It's called SNAP or something else. TANF, I don't remember. Do what you have to do to provide for your family because when you rail against people who are on food stamps and you rail against Medicaid, and yeah, there's going to be junk and there's going to be trouble, but when you treat the program like it's evil, like it's evil incarnate, you're a fucking idiot who shot yourself in the foot. Because I've heard stories. Oh, my God, I've heard stories of my husband hasn't had a job for a year and we're struggling. Well, okay, first off, one, why didn't he go to Taco Bell and get a fucking job or McDonald's or somewhere? I did it. I hated it and I did it. And it didn't pay enough, but I fucking did it. But I was also working to bring in more money doing my own thing. That's one. Two, okay, okay, you're broke. I get that. Did you go apply for unemployment? Well, well no. No, because, you know, big government. Are you fucking kidding me? It's what it's there for. Did you go apply for food stamps? No. Oh, my God, no. Big government. I'm done with you. Done. 
if you want to hold on to an ideology instead of reality of making your way through this life, this is what happens. Your ideology makes you spend thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on insurance you will fucking never use. Or statistically, most people will not use to the point they've paid in. Now, yes, this skews the other way with there are some certain people who get super sick and they use more than they ever pay in. But it doesn't balance. Because if it balanced, guess what? They wouldn't be in business anymore because insurance is private. It's there to make a profit. As far as I know, I'm making this part up off the top of my head. But as far as to my knowledge, insurance companies are not publicly traded. But you know what that means? It means they don't have to put their profit loss statements out. It means you don't get to see the billions of dollars that they put in their pockets and profits. They should be allowed to make money and profit. They're a private business. They're taking the risk. Why don't you put some profits back in your pocket? Your ideology has broken you. And the rock out of podcasting, baby. I live free. I am more whole today than I've ever been before. So I hope I gave you something to think about and something to see. I'd like to hear back from you on it. I'd like to hear your thoughts. I, I would discuss it on the air. Not with you, of course, because you know what? This baby, this is a solo show. I get to talk and you get to listen. But I would definitely read the email, bearcrawling at gmail.com. I would definitely read the post off of Facebook, facebook.com forward slash rock out of podcasting. In fact, I believe on Facebook now you can even put at rock out of podcasting and I'll get it. I've set it up that way. Twitter at rock out of pod speak pipe, rock out of podcasting.com. Send me your questions. Send me your feedback because honestly, if it's feedback that generates another show, we'll treat it as a question and I will discuss the points that you brought to me. Hashtag. Rock out of podcasting. I want to see where you're listening. I want to see your faces. I want to hear your talk back. I think this is awesome. And I can't wait till we make this conversation go forward. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.